Uh, I have a show to show in Manchester tonight, but I couldn't make it to Manchester because of the snow. They cancelled all the flights. You're not going to be able to get there. No, I actually had a show there last night and tonight, and both had to be cancelled. Oh my god, that's no good. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But it's like the whole country is in like shutdown mode. <laughs> I didn't realize it snowed like that there. Yeah, no, it's the first time we've never had snow like this in like thirty years or something. Oh, wow. That's unusual. Yeah. So, you just wrapped up your February touring at the Palladium in London, is that right? That's right. We had a great weekend. That was last weekend. We were in the Palladium, and it was an amazing experience. Brilliant, yeah. so it was. How was that? It was amazing. Like, we walked in, and I was like, oh, this is a stage. It was a fabulous stage, and it was a um, beautiful box. It was a lovely old theatre, and it was just a great experience because... I'm used to playing with a full band, and this time I was playing on my own with acoustic guitar, and I've been doing that on this whole sport tour, and it was really great. I thought I was going to hate it, but I actually really am enjoying it. That's very cool. That's a beautiful theater. Yeah, have you been there? No, but I did look it up, and the pictures looked amazing. Oh, yeah, it's a special one. London, like, it's, it's seen as a really special one in London. So where are you seeing some of the best responses to your music so far? It seems like England and Germany are pretty tuned in. Yeah, England and Germany are great. They've been really supportive and they've got a good blues network. But also Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. We play a lot in Scandinavia. And we also have done some work like in, a lot of work in France. And we do a lot around Europe, but mainly edge yeah, Germany. France, Switzerland, places like that, and Scandinavia and England. Well, we played Canada last summer, and we had a great time playing Canada. So we're hoping to get further south of the border. We're hoping to get down to the States soon. You should, you should. And you're originally I from Castle Blaney, Ireland, is that is that right? I'm very good. I'm from a really small little town called Castle Blaney, but in the county, which is still tiny, very small county, we have a really good blues festival here and that kind of whet my appetite when I was younger. I hear you. What is it like there? Very remote <laughs> and we've got a lot of um, drumlins, like little small green hills and it's very like what I suppose you see in the movies about Ireland. It's small, quaint, but I actually love it. Like it's, it's whenever I get to be away all the time and I get to be in cities and meeting lots of people, it's lovely to come home to, home to somewhere that's very quiet and country and relaxed. I'm sure. I can relate to that. So you play yeah. a mixture of blues, soul, rock and country. Um, what influence did growing up in Ireland have on your music? Well, I think the big influence that Ireland had was that we had a couple of key artists and bands that I would have listened to a lot. Like I had Van Morrison, I had um, like Thin Lizzy. Mm -hmm. I would have also had like, I would have listened a lot to those sorts of acts. And then with Sinead O'Connor and I would have grown up listening to a lot of that. And it would have been just kind of the way that they, there's, there was something in their writing that was poetic, but it was also still bluesy and they had that Celtic feel. But then I also like was listening to a lot of the British bands because we would have had British radio and things like that because I live on the border. So I was able to pick up BBC and I would have been listening to, thankfully, I got influenced by Fleetwood Mac very quickly and I went back to the old Fleetwood Mac and got really into Peter Green and Peter Green was the one who ignited the spark with the blues for me and then I started investigating all the older guys like Muddy Waters and B.B. King and yeah. Albert King and all those guys. 
So even though you were growing up in a remote area, you were still very exposed to a lot of great music. Well, luckily, actually, it's a funny thing. My mother, whenever we were younger, there was lots of us. There was like, like seven children in my family whenever I was small. And uh, she didn't allow us to have a TV. So we had a record player instead. And we were allowed to ask for a record for birthday or a record for Christmas. So we just built up, gradually built up uh, like a kind of a, our own little music library. And we loved listening to music. That was their thing. We used to just put on the records and myself and my sisters used to always want to be in a band so we'd put on the records and if it was Madonna we'd be learning all the Madonna lyrics and doing backup vocals and we would have been putting on the Shirelles and all that sort of stuff and learning all the doo-wop kind of vocals and things like that so that was how we passed our time when we'd no TV and eventually um, that love grew into I wanted to learn how to play as well so even though it was remote I think it's more important though the, the environment at home is more important sometimes. And your voice is often singled out as one of your best musical features. Is that where that talent comes from, uh, being self-taught, you know, singing along to records? Or did you ever receive actual training? No, I never got any training. I wasn't like, I didn't grow up doing music lessons or anything like that. It was basically myself just listening. And I would have got fascinated by like Stevie Nicks and Kirsten McVie. And I would have just sat listening for hours. And then I got this record called The Lady Sings the Blues. And I heard Etta James and I heard all those classical singers, Billie Holiday. And I just sat down and really listened to them. And if they bent a note a certain way, I'd keep putting it back and trying to teach myself how you bend a note or I didn't know what I was doing but I was just listening an awful lot and you know learning the songs off and that was my buzz whenever I was younger and imagining that I was on a huge stage singing to all these people <laughs> so but um, I think that was more important but I, I was fortunate that in my school the headmaster had a choir and he got me to sing in the choir and that was my first opportunity to sing solo and I think that did make my wings got my wings going you know because I had to sing in front of people it was my first experience singing in front of an audience and then I also was taught he put me in the harmony section so I learned how to sing harmony as well do you remember what solo you had to sing yes I remember it was oh holy night it was Christmas Eve and I had to sing oh holy night and I learned that song god I kept practicing it and practicing <laughs> it and it was really important to me because oh that mass is is Christmas Eve Mass is like huge everybody comes to it so it's like bigger than any gig you do at that age so I was totally psyched up about it Wow, and you're a guitar player as well a really good one at that um, what guitars do you use to play live do you prefer acoustic or electric actually you know I've, I've played electric mainly my whole like all my gigging career so far and I've been mostly started out in a Fender Strat but I made my way over to a Gibson Les Paul I bought it as a present and I love the sustain and everything on it so I've been mostly playing a Gibson Les Paul and I love that but I will admit I had to for this tour they asked me to come solo and I have to play acoustic so I'm starting to fall in love with acoustic as well and seeing the qualities it has and just the way you can get lovely rhythm from an acoustic and finger picking and things like that and I do love the way lead can be played on the acoustic as well like if you you've got a nice touch and feel you can play some nice you know lead licks on on the acoustic but I think my heart is probably still dragging me back a little bit to the electric so what is it about the energy of performing live that keeps you out on the road and touring constantly 
it's definitely the audience I think the feedback from the audience is that buzz because like really a gig is nothing without the interaction of you playing and the audience feeling it so I mean and you have to work hard to get it to that point and the audience have to bring a certain energy as well there's some gigs you walk out and you just know from the minute you walk out the atmosphere is not the way you want it and it's not the gig you're hoping and then there's other gigs that you just go from the minute you start there's just a great energy in the room so I think it's that getting to that point and then also then as well as there being a brilliant energy you also play into the best of your ability pushing yourself trying to come up with musical ideas while you're playing and and just getting the flow right some nights you can just go out on stage and it just flows so I think it's that magic energy that I love the most with playing live so with the artists that you work with how do you find them uh, well most of the time I play with my own band and I play with like there'd be a like a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, um, or sometimes piano as well. But um, I do collaborate as well. I work with other jazz, a jazz guitar player, play along with him. Then I also like in this tour, I've been backing up Paul Carrick's tour, so I'm used to mingling in, in with other musicians as well. But I think with my own, whenever I'm playing in a band format it's a whole other energy and you have to make space for other people and you have to allow them to be creative and you have to feel of their energy and you know it's it, there's definitely still a harmony and a balance that has to be reached in that format as well so I personally do love the feeling of playing with a band so I like that of everybody's kind of it's like a chain reaction and everybody has to be reacting of each other right. but um in terms of collaborating, I've just started doing some collaborations with other bands and things like that, which I really enjoy that too. It's challenging. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but I really enjoy that too. And back in September of 2017, you released an album called Where I Belong. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind Where I Belong. Sure. That there album came out of, I think, being on the road a lot and then when I had an opportunity to go home, I was starting to write. And what happened with that album was I'd done a blues album, Start With Out of the Dark. Then my second album, Test of Time, was a wee bit more rock and roll. And with this album, I just felt like I wanted to be a little bit more singer-song. I wanted to get more of the song out. And I also wanted to reflect on my original country kind of blues roots more. So with that album, I definitely went down that road. And I was extremely lucky in that I got the opportunity to go to LA to work with a brilliant producer called Justin Stanley, who's worked with lots of great people. He obviously does a lot of work with his wife, Nika Costa, but he has done lots of records with Clapton, Sheryl Crow, Doyle Bramley. He's worked with great people, so he has. And I, Gary Clark Jr. And I just wanted to get the chance to work along with him because I love his sound. And I really like the way he could bring a song out. And I, I think there's a balance with being, uh, like my background in blues rock, that I still wanted to have the blues rock feel there, but I wanted the song to shine as well. And so that can be difficult on a blues record. And so I really was happy with, with what we did together. And I got to work with some beautiful musicians in LA, Aaron Sterling and Doyle Bramall and, you know, um, Aaron Redfield. And there was just so many great guys on that record that I just it was, I had a brilliant experience. And I was collaborating for the first time. I had produced my other albums. I let him produce on this album and obviously because he's a great producer but we also wrote some songs together so I really with along with Paul Sherry my husband who plays in the band was that hard for you to give away a little bit of the creative freedom or uh, was that difficult for you 
yes, I will admit it in the beginning it's scary and halfway through the record I was like, Oh gosh, what have I done? Like, should I have been more involved? And it is scary because you're kinda it's like letting somebody else take your child and do something with them. So I mean I kinda was like okay I have to just do this because it's although it's challenging I have to trust the process and he's been here before and he's done it and I think he made some great calls because we had some songs in uh, ready that were definitely more of a bluesy nature more fitted to the previous albums and he was like I understand they're good songs and they would sound great on another record but they don't belong on this record so I had to trust him and instead we wrote some new songs and I'm very happy with the way it worked out really delighted do you feel like music is like the perfect career for you? Yeah, I actually love it. I love playing music and I love writing music and I don't feel fulfilled doing anything else. Like whenever I try out other things, even if it's somebody asks me to get involved with a project, my sister's a fashion designer and sometimes she gets me to help her on the creative side with that. But I never fulfills me the same way as music does. So I'm very lucky to have found something that fulfills me like that. But I'm not going to lie, it's very challenging and it can be extremely rewarding, but you have to work really hard at it. So I mean, I I wouldn't change it for anything, but I it's also quite difficult at times. Well, you seem to have remained optimistic, um, and that comes through in your music, especially on songs like Shine. Um, is that a natural sort of songwriting style for you, or do you delve into darker lyrics ever? Yeah, um, I think Shine is definitely a more positive song, and I'm glad you think it's like that. And I think that was one that just, I can't even fully remember where the inspiration came for that one but it, it is a more positive one but no if you go back to the first album everybody was like these are very sad lyrics so <laughs> I think I've, I've, I've been going to the positive side more recently hopefully <laughs> and so on a song like don't you want to know um who is that directed at uh, that was actually strange for me because I don't normally write songs that are very like story-like and about somebody else. So it could time to feel like it could be me, but I think most of the times I was just imagining a situation with a girl sitting in a restaurant, kind of just dwelling on where's her life going, and it wasn't necessarily autobiographical, which yeah. is not really my style. But I thought I'd take a stab at it, and I liked the way it turned out. And then on the title track, Where I Belong, I noticed there's more of an Irish influence coming through in the music. Um, what inspired that? That song was actually, Paul was playing, I write along with my partner Paul, and he actually just had this lovely, like, dyad guitar lick, and he was playing it a lot, and I was like, I really like that, I think we should use that. And then he started playing it, and I sat down, and those lyrics literally just came out. And the song just, it was one of those songs that, we didn't really have to work with like within 20 minutes it was written so that was really nice to have a song like that but definitely I think that is a song that at times I, I feel like yes it brings out the Irish side and I also feel like maybe it's got a bit of the Stevie Nicks-ish kind of side if, yeah. if it was rockier <laughs> I could hear that and you produced a music video for the song as well where was that shot at yes that was actually shot at a beach close to my home here in County Loud, a place called Black Rock. And it was just, uh, it's, there's a really cool vintage guitar store there. And we had this big vision that we were going to do it all in the vintage guitar shop. And it was a really beautiful day. And in Ireland, you never get beautiful days like that. Well, they come once in a blue moon. And we were like, you know what, let's just go out on the beach. <laughs> so we did it on the beach beside the shop. So if people want to know what it looks like where you live, that's a good... 
example. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want them to come and look for a refund because <laughs> where I there's no beach, there's no coast. So that was about a half an hour for me. But that is kind of like what it looks like. But where I live is a lot more uh, green, green little hills. And outside of music, you recently got married, right? That's right. Yes, last year in March of last year. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of good things are coming your way. Yeah, I think so. I think I had such a crazy maybe 10 years before that in terms of I was out playing, playing all the time and touring and like during the slog, we were like up and down the UK, the motorway, then straight on the ferry going to Europe and playing festivals and playing gigs and just playing constantly and you know some nights you'd be playing a big festival the next night you'd be playing a little club and you know we were making it work and we we're having great times some of the best times I've ever had but it was like full throttle and this is the first year where I kind of went like I've been able to pick my gigs more and I got this wonderful sport tour and you know I'm still full throttle but at the same time it's just it's a little bit more like I'm kind of having a feel like I'm having a little bit of a cozier ride this year which is lovely that's great and what's next for you musically do you have another album in the works or not yet yeah no I'm already working on a couple of different things I'm working on a project with another Irish band that I won't name yet because we're still working on it we're hoping to do an album together and then um, where I'm also working on a kind of an idea I have for doing a mixture of maybe a few covers that I really like along with some of my own songs and I'm just in the process of finishing my home studio building a home studio so I'm hoping I can do it in there and if not I'll just go into a studio and get it done but I'm hoping to have it done before the summer excellent well lots of good things to look forward to yeah well thanks for taking the time to talk with me a little bit Grania I really appreciate it thank you for having me I'll be talking to you soon okay right. have a nice day you too bye talk bye, to you. bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.